You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast. I am your host and the editor-in-chief of the LaughButton.com, Matt Kleinschmidt. Uh, we are on the Riotcast Network, so check us out on Riotcast.com. And uh, with me is Bram Teitelman. Yeah, I'm waiting for like a coffee mug that says uh, the Laugh Button Podcast co-host. <laughs> well, I'm just kind of like, I, I, you know what? I'm just kind of afraid of commitment right now. I don't even need that. Just get like a styrofoam cup and write it in uh, magic marker crayon. <laughs> you so you don't need a, you don't need a promise ring or anything like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, cool, I cool. promise I don't. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so Bram. Tyler. Hi, hi Bram. How are you doing? I'm great. How the, are you? Uh, the editor in chief of our, of our brother sister site, MetalInsider.net. That's so. a brother site. Brother, brother. It's mother site. <laughs> it's our mother site. Yeah, your children not there. So yeah, funny enough about that Danzig comes up because we uh, we hung out with some folks last night. We were literally talking about the misfits and how very Jersey those guys were super jersey lodi <laughs> bram guess who our guest is this week i couldn't possibly guess wait greg stone it is greg stone for those who don't know greg stone is someone who i've seen do tremendous comedy work around new york city i think he's a very sharp with it comedy mind i think he's a great dude i didn't realize this at the time but when i had anthony devito on the podcast i was like he mentioned greg Stone. i was like oh we gotta get greg on the podcast he's great and anthony's like oh i'll make that happen for you he like he left the podcast studio and less than five minutes later greg's texting me and we we set up a time for him to come do the podcast so we sat around and just kind of bullshit like but Greg was also a dude who I could sit around and talk to Greg for five hours because after that podcast we kind of did like I had another podcast taping afterwards so we didn't we limited our time but it was just like he's a Jersey guy so we talked about all these Jersey punk and hardcore bands and like the scene and we you know of music and we kind of knew of a lot of the same players and stuff like that too so you know so I have a feeling Greg's gonna have to come back on this podcast and just kind of talk more about it with us too so so yeah so he's our guest this week super excited about Greg so what's new with you man what's what's uh what's happened since we've laughed Last chatted. Laugh chatted? We, since we laughed chatted. Well, you did a podcast without me. I did. And, and it's I cool. Did. John Glazer. I'm sure no one noticed, right? It actually right? was one of our more popular episodes. <laughs> I don't really know. Actually, I know, but I, that's not, I'm lying to you. I think that people might tune in for the guests and maybe, well, and, and me. I'm a guest most of the time, right? They, well, no. I think people tune in because I'm awesome and they like what I have to say about stuff in the world of comedy. Very I think, modest, too. I, dude, I'm, I'm modest as shit. I don't know what you're talking about. Yep. So, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, so, so what? What's new? So, uh, have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy yet? I still haven't seen the first one, so I'm a little behind. <laughs> yeah, you're just a little bit behind. So, so you tell me. I saw me Galaxy the, Quest. So you tell me if to spoil it. By the way, speaking of Galaxy Quest, let's jump right into it. There's a new show that Fox greenlit. That stars Seth MacFarlane and Adriana Palacki, and it looks kind of Galaxy Quest-ish. You said Seth MacFarlane. It sounded like you said that. Isn't it what the guy that created? Seth MacFarlane. Oh, MacFarlane. Okay, Seth Seth MacFarlane. Yes, MacFarlane, MacFarlane. the guy who created Family Guy and American Dad and the Cleveland Show and all that stuff. Anyway, he's in a live action. Ted and Ted (laughs) Two. Ted and and that shitty Western no one saw. A uh, million ways to die in, die in the West. Yeah, I did not see that. You're correct. But anyway, so yes. Yeah, speaking of Galaxy Quest, he just had a show greenlit and it's coming to Fox in the fall because it's basically Galaxy Quest. It's it's him getting the opportunity to run to run shop on uh, his own his own uh, spaceship. And then I can't wait to his, hear the first rape joke. And then his ex wife becomes his his, uh, his first in command. Hmm. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you know, that's actually a good good spot we can start here is the upfronts are this week. And for those who don't know what the up, the upfronts are, it's television networks giving 
getting a peek of what their new lineup's going to be in the new in the, in the upcoming uh, fall season. It's like their way of presenting, hey, this is what our programming site's going to look like. Buy some ads. Buy some ads. That's basically what it is, you know. And then they kind of like you know wine you and dine you and do some fun things with ad buyers. It's in New York City. Drake's playing tonight. Drake's playing at the Adult Swim one, and that's the other thing too. Is upfront some some of the networks have turned them into just kind of excuses to have a party. Adult Swim, shockingly enough, is kind of leading the charge. They usually have a big show over at Terminal Five, and last year was Nicki Minaj. Tonight the rumor is that Drake is performing. Actually, it is, I don't think it is a rumor. Drake is performing. It's confirmed. By the time people hear this podcast, Drake will have performed. Outcast performed a couple years back, which is really cool. Saw Miley Cyrus, believe it or not. I never thought I'd see Miley Cyrus, but Miley Cyrus performed. Jay-Z performed once, too. So, yeah, it's beyond the pomp and circumstance for the quote-unquote industry people. The upfront of these networks, the ability to present their new shows that, that's happening. And they also, basically the week before upfronts, which is like last Thursday and Friday, is kind of when it all comes down, where they tell you about, this show's canceled, this show's renewed, blah, blah, blah. And all that kind of stuff, and there was kind of a bloodbath like last Thursday. What show are you most upset about going away? <laughs> I don't know if I could say I'm like most upset about it, but they canceled a ton of comedy. They canceled uh, the Tim Allen comedy. They canceled Ken uh, Jung's con, Doctor Ken. They canceled Two Broke Girls. They canceled what else did they cancel? They canceled. They did not cancel the Mindy Project. Not the Mindy Project. New Girl. New Girl they renewed it for one season, final right. season. It's a shortened season, and they uh, renewed Brooklyn Nine Nine because those were like bubble shows. So like there was definitely a lot of uh, shows that kind of like oh they're giving the axe and you're like oh damn that kind of sucks but with that being said every time that they are canceling shows there's also like the announcement that new shows are going to happen too like they greenlit a new Mindy Kaling series Glenn Howerton show Glenn Howerton's new show got greenlit Bobby Moynihan's new show got greenlit which I guess means he's done at SNL yeah that probably is what that means you know he's probably gonna well this whole season of SNL season 42 which actually wraps this week with the rock hosting Bobby hasn't been like super I don't want to say super present because that's the wrong way of putting it but like at the same time he's he's obviously been like doing other things too so so yeah so they they, they renewed that I'm sorry they, they greenlit that so, and then the Seth MacFarlane show which I was just talking about was greenlit and then they also like they showed trailers and the network showed trailers and shows for like stuff that like we already knew was coming like we knew Jim Jeffries had a new late night show we didn't get a trailer tour this week so that's on the website Jordan Klepper we know he's going to replace the 1130 slot for Comedy Central um, he actually they announced an hour long Jordan Klepper solves the gun issue kind of like a spoof funny thing to kind of keep Jordan Klepper in the, the mind of other people and, and until like his show is actually ready to premiere. You know, Tracy Morgan got a new shit, sitcom. Uh, sitcom. <laughs> I was hey. hoping you didn't notice that. Tiffany Haddish joined that, who she's a past guest of the Left Button Podcast, so she's actually now on that. I think Cedric the Entertainer is on that as well. So we basically have like, you know, a rundown of like everything that's going on as far as development slates. If you go to the web, the Left Button, it's like tons of, of, of comedy show news is like what's, what's going on with True TV, which uh, include new shows from like Bobcat Goldthwaite, Amy Sedaris, Lisa Traeger, Chris Gethard. Obviously, we knew Chris Gethard, past guest of the Left Button Podcast very recently. His, uh, the Chris Gethard show is actually coming to True TV as well. So a lot of really, really great stuff's happening. I want to talk about one show in particular that I'm actually super psyched about. Let's go. And it, what's that? <laughs> let's glow. It's glow. Uh, oh, which I think yeah. is actually going to be kind of fun. But it's it's not a network television, but it's a Netflix show. But we've they've been teasing the show for a long time. Uh, Allison Brie and Mark Maron are basically the two starring uh, people on this. And it's based on the '80s. Series? It was a wrestling. Uh, gorgeous sport, ladies of wrestling. Yeah, but I, I don't know what to call it. It wasn't a TV show. It, it was, was wrestling. It was sports entertainment. You know, I guess it was it like be, current wrestling. Really? Yeah, yeah. The gorgeous, gorgeous ladies of wrestling, and basically, and I and I didn't know this at the time because I was like I was a child of the eighties, but um, I was probably like. You know, I was under double digits in the 80s when the show was on the air, but I watched it. But I didn't realize, very much like I didn't realize with pro wrestling at the time, um, with the WWF 
but is that it was basically actors and actresses trying out for parts. So this is a fictionalized version of what that show was. I don't think it's it's not based on any main characters, but there is kind of like if you remember Glow, there was like there was the pretty farm girl, there was the the and there's all stereotypes of the eighties. Like there was sure, like yeah. there was like the Asian woman who like had all the Asian stereotypes. There was you know the sassy uh, black woman. There was a sassy black woman. There was the 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 large Samoan woman. There was the Middle Eastern woman, and they really played up those stereotypes. That actually wrestling still does that to this day. What do you mean? The Iron Sheik isn't really a no, no, no. Well, that was the Iron Sheik was the eighties, wasn't it? But like pro wrestling in two thousand seventeen, like there's, it's still pretty stereotypical. Like some of these characters that these guys have is they definitely play off stereotypes. But so this is a fictionalized version of basically Glow. Uh, So from like the people that did Orange Is the New Black, yeah, uh, Kenji Johan, right? um, So it's kind of like and she did Weeds as well. So so. it's kind of like Orange Is the New Black and Blue. Oh come on, really? There's wrestling. Come on, uh, come on, but I. I will say this, uh, Kenji Johan has a very great track record and history of, she has dark comedies. I would, I would, like Orange is the New Black is almost not even a comedy at this point. The first season was really the only quote unquote comedy that show had. The rest of it's become like a very dark comedy, almost like a dramedy. But I have a feeling Glow is going to kind of be the same thing. Like, not that Allison Brie doesn't have comic chops, nor does Mark Marin. They both are, are incredibly cal- be, comically talented. I think it'll start to drift into the more of that kind of element. I think it'll be interesting to see Mark Marin play someone <laughs> other than Mark Marin. <laughs> this is very true. This is very true. Most comedians that are successful pretty much play themselves in, right. in, in, on these TV shows. Maybe so. by the second episode, he'll be like, I have a new marketing thing for this wrestling <laughs> thing. Why don't we start something called a podcast? <laughs> There's these things called <laughs> MP3s and computers. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do see it eventually kind of like skewing in that direction. But what I do like about it is Kenji Johan is, is obviously she is uh, a pro when it comes to writing very strong and interesting women in these roles. So, And since the show is based on Glow, I can only imagine that... 80 to 95 or maybe even a larger percentage of the actual show is going to be women. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it for that reason. It'll be fun watching how they uh, depict the 80s too. Yeah. There's going to be enough people that were around and saw Glow the first time. Uh, You know what's funny about that stuff? And and, and I I think about this all the time every time I see a period, a period-based show, movie, sitcom, sitcom, whatever. It's always it's always off. I don't know, and I don't I don't know, but that like, but I never feel like s- nobody completely totally nails it because hindsight is twenty twenty, and you know stereotypes build up in your head, and like right now it's two thousand seventeen. I don't feel like there's anything very stereotypical about two thousand seventeen. There will be. There will be though. Like I like didn't feel stupid that, like Snapchat. Like I guess so. Yeah, chicks with dumb like dogs and know, filters and all that and kind of stuff. Yeah, but like. Like I was a child, I was really a teenager in the '90s. A president who might be the and worst talk, person and ever. We t- and we talk about the '90s. Well, I'm just trying to talk over that because we're trying to avoid politics today. There, a, a, like the world was melting, but let's, let's avoid that today. That's very foul um, of you. <laughs> it is very foul of me. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like like the '90s. I felt like there wasn't really much to make fun of of the '90s, but like the few things that kind of came out. And I really do feel like it, it really does come down to style. And I guess because of that, I think because it's style, it is dictated more by the women of that era than the men, because the women tend to be the more fashionable of the two sexes. I believe. I guess. So like so like when like when people say the '90s, they say like oh like I would say the '90s to my wife. My wife would be like oh my, I wore my hair like this. I wore my 
my jeans like that. I wore my shirts like this. And me, I'll be like, yeah, I just wore jeans and a T-shirt the same way I do in 2017. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the so, 90s. You have your grunge fashion. And... Yeah, but, 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 dude, I wore a flannel shirt the other day. You know what I mean? Like, it's so I, – I, while I get that, I think that uh, – I think that – trends and fashion in general are more dictated by like women because they're more fashionable creatures let's be honest women, women be more... shopping no i didn't mean it like that mm-hmm. but you know <laughs> women be shopping i meant it more like in the in the in, in the terms of like women are more fashionable so so yeah glow so we have the trailer for, up for that it's been teased for a long time they've been teasing it for i feel like the last year at least but the actual official trailer uh is up and it, and it premieres it drops at the end of june uh, on Netflix, so that's definitely something that I'll be looking forward to watching on to the queue. Um, a bunch of guys did a bunch of late night spots this week or in the last week. Uh, Mark Norman did it because he had his new special, just came out, Don't Be Yourself, which was a great special. You definitely got to watch that. Uh, Pete Lee did some stand up. We got Vladimir Camino did some stand up. Uh, Tracy Morgan's, uh, we got, oh, uh, Rami Youssef did some stand up. Tracy Morgan's new special dropped this week. Uh, didn't drop this week. I'm sorry. Uh, it drops next. Oh, it, I'm sorry. It does drop this week. It did drop this week. So check out Tracy Morgan's new special. Um, and the other thing is, you know, actually a lot of comics doing is um, they're giving commencement speeches. This is kind of a, I don't want to say it's a new occurrence, but like comedians have, have and why wouldn't they be? They're good public speakers and they're funny and entertaining. So Will Farrell gave a commencement speech at, speech at USC. Uh, Maria Bamford gave a, gave a commencement speech at her alma mater. Uh, there's just a lot of those com- conventions, uh, commencement speeches kind of floating around the internet these these days, and it's really fun to see that kind of stuff. So, good times on that front too. Have Were you, there any uh, in particular that you like? Well, Maria, well, Will Ferrell's was good. Maria Bamford. Did he sing "I Will Always Love You"? He did. He did sing yeah. "I Will Always Love You." Maria Bamford's was interesting. First of all. I love Maria Bamford. Second of all, she was clearly nervous because that's Maria Bamford's thing. It was probably about a 10-minute speech, and the first three or four minutes was about how much you got paid by the college or university to come and speak. Um, it's, in, it's an interesting watch. I definitely recommend everyone kind of finding it and watching. You have it up on laughbun.com. Uh, it's, it's her talking about how much she got paid, but the reason is because she does a callback at the end of it. Basically, she gives every basically the, to ruin the surprise, she gives all the money she was paid to speak at this college to someone graduating, saying, hey, pay off your student loans, basically, mm. which is really nice, generous of her. So I think that's the, kind of the whole point why she was talking about how much she was offered uh, you know, how much did she counter with and this, that, and the other thing because I think she, it was her way of kind of saying like, you know, this school could have given me more money and I, therefore I would have been able to give you more money. But then she also, it got weird in the middle. She flubbed the line, which was actually a very good line that she flubbed and she was definitely a little nervous and stuff like that. So while I don't think it was the most eloquent of, of uh graduation speeches i do think that maria bamford is like she's a she's a goddamn national treasure when it comes to comedy so watching her trying to give the speech was actually very cool so that's happening too and i'm sure we'll see more of that for the next couple weeks too um another thing we covered this week which i thought was actually really great is one of our writers we put together after i got i got to give him a shout his name's andrew he put together uh, a very comprehensive conversation. We called it the kin of comedy. He interviewed, uh, I want to say, H.G. Wells' grandson, Andy... Uh, Andy W.C. Fields. I'm sorry, W.C. Fields, not H.G. Wells. That's funny. <laughs> he interviewed uh, W.C. Fields' uh, grandson, 
Sam Kinison's uh, brother, Bill Hicks' brother, George Carlin's daughter. Groucho Marx's grandson. Groucho Marx's grandson. Or Groucho Marx's son and W.C. Fields' grandson. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, Andy Kaufman's brother and, brother and sister, too. And like basically talked about what's it like having a famous comedian as your, your sibling or your grandfather or your, 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 your dad, basically. He couldn't um, get Jim Belushi? <laughs> there were a couple other ones, but like it was something he'd been working on for a long time. It's actually really, really fascinating. Just kind of talking about like, and the weird thing, which I don't know if this was, pl- it wasn't really necessarily something we planned outright, but it kind of, it kind of lent itself better to the piece. It was all of deceased comedians. So a lot of the conversations turned into how does Steve Hicks protect the legacy of his brother, Bill? How does Kelly Carlin decide what, you know, is best for George Carlin and so on and so forth. Like, how do you preserve the legacy? Because that's that's on them now too. So I know that he was trying to talk to Rain Pryor. That's the other one I was thinking of too. She didn't. She actually the scheduling didn't work out for that. She had prior commitments. <laughs> God damn it. So uh, yeah, I guess she did. I guess she did. You know what? I give up. I guess she did. I guess she did. <laughs> Dude, here's, here's the thing. I want a video. T- I want to add a video element to this podcast because. The smirk on your face, like... <laughs> it's just the stupidest thing. And I say it, and it works. The smirk on your face. It's like it's like a six-year-old in a crowded room full of people, and he gets out a really juicy fart, and he's so excited about it. And no one knows it was him, but he knows, and he is so jazzed about it. I just it. like making Matt admit that it's funny. Kind of like, he wants to move on, he's like... Uh. Uh, all right, that's really funny. Uh, it's just one, but like the look on your face is, is what does half it, and I, and I feel like we're depriving our audience by not giving them a video camera in the corner. So who knows? Who knows, man? Who knows? So, um, yeah, I don't even know where we're at. So, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of other really great the stuff. Kin of comedy. The, the kin of comedy. Is read, what it. We talk about. read it. Read it. Yeah, read it. We basically talk to a lot of these comedians about the legacy of their of their parents and that kind of stuff too. So. It's uh, it's a really good time. I can't, I, I, I can't, I don't know what to tell you. So, uh, so yeah. So we got the kid economy. We got upfronts. We got commencement speeches happening. We have the Glow premiere. David Letterman was just uh, announced as the 2017 recipient for the Mark uh, Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. Uh, past people include like Bill Cosby, uh, Billy Crystal, Tina Fey. They've all won in the past, so that'd be great. We have awesome video of T.J. Miller trying to parasail onto a barge full of dancing emojis in con for the new movie that he's in called The Emoji movie that's totally worth watching uh jimmy kimmel's gonna return really terrified actually well i think because he like it went horribly wrong like it was one of those things where it's like oh this went wrong like he was like first of all he was live streaming so like you heard everything he was saying yeah and, I, and it took longer than it should have was from from what i gather so yeah it was definitely surprise emoji and poop emoji <laughs> to sum things up Jeez, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, also, other news stuff that just kind of hit hit the uh, the wire. Conan renewed his uh, contract with TBS until uh, 2022, so another four years. Uh, now, what's going on with that? Didn't he? Wasn't there something saying he was going to like not necessarily do it daily? And yeah, that's that was actually the news part of it. And like you know, they basically they want Conan content. They just uh, they want to figure out how to reconfigure it. So I think what they're really doing is. They're, they're just kind of uh, re-updating all that kind of stuff. So it's basically, he inked a four-year deal. 
with uh, TBS to kind of continue doing that kind of stuff. And then basically they're, they're working on some other things too. Uh, expanding Team Coco content for digital and branded content, podcasting, mobile gaming, pay TV, tours, all that kind of stuff. So they really are kind of, they're in the Conan game. They're just trying to figure out like, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure as that progresses, we'll find out more stuff too. For sure. Yeah, totally. And then uh, Arrested Development, Season 5 coming at you. ching Can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. Awesome. I really can't wait. No, no, no. I'm very excited. It'll be great too. So, but hopefully, it'll be uh, a little bit more linear than the one episode per character. Yeah, I think. I think what happened with that is it, there was a dip in quality. I, I'm a huge Arrested Development fan. I'll be the first to admit there was a dip in quality uh, because of that. But I think everyone acknowledged that, so they signed everyone on to be like, okay, we gotta have everyone interacting at this point too. Also, this sounds weird. But at the time when they were trying to reunite people, some people had like red hot careers. And I don't think those careers are as red hot as they were anymore. Case in point, Michael Sarah. Uh, he was he was starring in movies at the time. He hasn't really been in a movie much. He hasn't been in many big blockbuster movies lately. He's probably seen some blockbuster movies. He he's, maybe gone to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume <laughs> Two or Logan or something. I don't know. No, but like another he, that thing was, is that, that was really, a big thing is his contract when they were trying to renew his contract or they were trying to bring him on. He was so busy shooting stuff and like I mean he was putting out. It seemed like there was a comedy every six months with Michael Sarah's face on it. Sure. And this is the end is the last big thing I remember him being mm. in. And that wasn't really a starring role. Um, and also, you got to think that since 2013, when the last season aired, Netflix I can't believe is, it's already been seven years I know. or four well, years. I can't believe how bad at Matthew yeah, are. I'm terrible at uh, My point is that like Netflix is white hot now. This is true, too. So now, like, not only yeah. do they have the money, but they have comedy pretty yeah. much and I got, like, yeah, and, on lockdown. And on that front, I got to give a shout out to our, our buddy Sean at the Comics Comic. He actually put together a really nice piece for Decider talking about the key players behind the Netflix uh, boom in stand up comedy, which, you know, traces back to mainly two people. You know, one of them being Robbie, formerly of uh, Just for Laughs, who's a really swell dude. So, right. uh, yeah, yeah, so go read Sean's article on Decider. Uh, huge props to Sean for that. Let's, let's end on that. Let's end on the story from Sean. And let's kick this interview over to Greg Stone. Here on the Laugh Button Podcast. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. With me today, comedian Greg Stone. <laughs> How you doing, man? <laughs> it's officially here. It's officially in We're your on? court, Greg. <laughs> oh, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, right before this recording, Greg was like, I'll just talk until you just like tell me to shut the fuck up. So yeah. that's that's what I don't. For. Stop. To, I, the voice just slows down when I'm listening, uh-huh. but for the most part, there's always something screaming in my head. And when I'm talking, I'm just letting you have it. I'm just having you whatever's going on in my brain. <laughs> Is that like a thing? Because like, I talk a lot too. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll ramble. I'll, yeah. Just like, I'll, but I, like I'll, I try to make sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even try anymore because it's like funny is not making sense. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, ah, yeah, you know, like squirrels have feelings too. What, why is that a sentence that just popped in my head? I don't know. <laughs> it's just where my brain goes. Squirrels. squirrels. <laughs> so how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm great, This man. is the first time I've met you officially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen you do stand-up over the years. Actually, I want to. it's been a while since I've seen you. Last time I saw you, I want to say you're opening for like Nick Turner's album taping. Which oh, was, yeah. I did last, last year. Last guess, year. Like yeah, so, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, so it's I been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, I was there. I was hanging out. I was chilling. <laughs> I, was, I was just lurking in the shadows. That's yeah. what I do. I'm a shadow lurker. <laughs> I, I love Nick. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm a lurker too. I like to really just kind of. That's <laughs> no one can really. No, no one, most of the time, people see me, they don't recognize me because, like I was telling you before, with yeah, the beard. Like, like I said, like you had a beard when I last saw you, basically. <laughs> yeah, I just do the beard until it grows out thick where it annoys me, and then I shave it, but I never trim. 
So it's constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're like I bet a few times when you saw me, you'd constantly see me in the same state of beard. But like if you go like two months earlier, then it's like yeah. ah, he's a shaved guy. Oh, he's a full beard guy. <laughs> I've had a beard for years, but it's it's laziness. Yeah, one hundred percent. I hate shaving. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. I got a job where I don't need to shave, so like, fuck <laughs> it. My dad had a beard. He still does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he's got he's more like. He's gray now. He's gray and bald, which is where I'm going. So, congrats yeah. on me. You know, what can I say? I don't know why we're talking about beards. We should be talking about comedy. Let's talk about sure, some comedy. Sure. So, so your story. Uh, where does your story begin? Uh, with comedy, I started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. When did your in mom life, and dad my meet? Mom? go back even further? <laughs> yeah, he was working at Sears. He was trying to sell a refrigerator. And uh... no, no, no. We don't need to go that far. But when did your yeah. comedy career begin? Well, it started. Uh, I'll tell you, the beginning was when I was very young. My mom, I, I asked my mom, because my dad did comedy, too. Oh, really? He, yeah, I didn't he, know this. Oh, yeah, he okay. wasn't famous or anything. He okay. just worked at Bananas in New Jersey. Hasbrook Heights? In Hasbrook Heights. Isn't that, isn't that venue like uh, a room in a hotel? Mm-hmm. Like It's like a hotel conference room that they just put up like a sign that says Bananas? Yeah, honestly, Everyone performs there. And I think it's a genius fucking... Way to do a comedy club. They don't no pay for liquor. Yeah. There's no overhead. There's no liquor license. They have like wait, uh, the wait staff is just so they just put up a sign and then <laughs> have a giant room and then have Nick DiPaolo come. <laughs> I know. It's, Bobby's there all the time. Yeah. Bob, everyone's there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh-huh. It's like why is this not the? I mean, I, I feel like I could open it with just enough to pay a headliner. They yeah, do the first show and then make some money from that. That's and then, all you really need. Yeah, I might go in the business of I'll, that's all. That'll be my thing. <laughs> I'll just like rent out hotel rooms across the country and just put on comedy shows there. Why the fuck not? Yeah, I know. Well, they're not really conducive because they're usually big ceilings and all that kind of sure. stuff too. So I know comedians like the, the tight cramped spaces. I don't know why. Yeah, but for the road, like for New York, I like a nice tight room. But for the road, I've performed. I mean, I would just be happy enough to be in a room with a microphone <laughs> with most of the fucking places I've performed at. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But the room is always great. They like yeah. cordon it off and off. So but yeah, it's yeah. always fun. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Your no, dad no. works to work. But yeah. We're, we're, just so you know, this is the this is the, this is is the the podcast. I love it's it. It's tangent upon tangent. <laughs> circle around. Let's do it again. So yeah. 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 So okay. So your dad was a comedian. My dad did comedy. Okay. And uh, so I, I always wondered like did I do it because my dad did it or mm-hmm. was it something I wanted? And my mom said she was like, you've wanted to do stand-up since you were talking. Really? Yeah, she said, when you were little, you came upstairs. I said, what do you want to be when you grow up, Greg? And you said, I want to be a communist. And uh, she was like, what are you? Ta- what the hell is he talking about? She's like, I want to yell. I want to yell at people. And she's like, a communist? Like She just, she was like, he really means communist. Like, yeah. what the fuck is this kid watching? Then sees me watching Gallagher, and I was like, communist, communist. <laughs> and she was like, That's comedian. He means comedian. <laughs> Gallagher, man, those specials were on television. All the fucking time. So much. I remember so many Gallagher specials as a child. How old are you? I'm sorry. I'm I'm 37. Yeah. So. I'm 35. Okay. So we're same like, yeah, shit. Same shit. I just it remember was them so everywhere. much Gallagher. I don't know. I don't know where they were. I don't know yes. what channels they were. <laughs> yeah. I just know that I feel like every weekend there's a Gallagher special, and I've seen Gallagher over your head, where the artwork is like him hanging out in like a pool of like uh, watermelons. Yeah. I've seen that special a billion times. Yeah. I have no idea why. Yeah. And then the one where there's the big bouncy chair thinger yes the big chair i remember that big chair one (laughs) i remember not understanding anything up until he smashed the fruit yeah i was the same way like i don't know what he's talking about 
But just when you get to the fruit thing, I'm like, this is comedy. <laughs> Genius. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. This is funny. I'm a kid. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had very political stuff. Like, there was an episode where he got, uh, I mean, a special where he, he shaved off the, 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 the horseshoe ring thing he had on his head. Oh, okay. he, he had this, like, long, Jeez. you know, yeah, you know what Gallagher looks like. I'm explaining the <laughs> yeah. Gallagher to you. Like, you have the, like, you need to know what Gallagher looks like. Um, but there's a point where he shaved that off and he was just bald. And it was, I remember it was a very politically tinged special and had a, a bunch of, like, uh, heads of state and, yeah. and presidents on there, and he was like shooting them with beer guns and stuff like that. But I remember when Gall- Gall- Gallagher got political, yeah. and I actually remember that. That was probably when I first my first recollection of oh Gallagher just doesn't smash watermelons. Yeah, that was like how that yeah. resonated with me. And I I was probably I was 10, 11 years old, maybe, yeah. maybe a little older than that. But same yeah. as a kid, I was like, well, you can't smash watermelons the whole time. <laughs> so he's probably building up to it with whatever the hell he's talking yeah, about, yeah. which I just didn't understand. How does that act start in clubs? <laughs> like, could you imagine an act starting down in the, the comedy cell? Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, like who? Where did we just? I'm gonna smash a fruit. Like where I, that even came? Why you'd think that even be entertaining? The only thing I can think of is like someone pelted him with fruit because he was doing a bad job, and he just took it and started smashing. <laughs> That's how his career started. But you know what? We should, we should get to the bottom of this, Greg. I would love. I mean, this. I'm. I am completely enthralled with this. What I do have an idea though is I okay. think that YouTube now. You don't see violence. You don't see any of this stuff. You no. ne- you'd never see a fruit being smashed. <laughs> now I could look it up, but then that was like a yeah. thing to see. Like, you it was a spectacle, yeah. It was a spectacle. Yeah. You don't see car crashes. You don't mm. see anything. A guy smashing a fruit when no one... You've probably never seen that in your life. And I just remember people having the wherewithal to wear like like rain suits yeah. in the first of the <laughs> splash zone in the front. I'm like, wait, so people actually knew this was coming? They knew, and they came prepared. <laughs> They've seen it before. I know. They're gonna see it again. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Okay. So yeah. So Gallagher. He was everywhere when I was a kid. I don't remember. Yeah. He was. He was probably the biggest comedian for like a like the eighties. Yeah. I would imagine he had to have been. Yeah. Had to have been. No idea how much money he made, but he must. He was huge. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So then I was doing. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to do stand up my whole life. Mm-hmm. I turned. Uh, like in high school, I wanted to go see comedy. So for uh, after a prom, we went to. Uh, we went to a show. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking a guy being like, you know, like, how do I be a comedian? And he was like, do this bringer show, bring okay. 10 of your friends, and then you could go on stage. And I said, that's how comedy is done. And where is this at? It's a stand-up New York. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, so you li- you were born and raised in, in New York area. I'm, yeah, I'm from Jersey. Oh, where I'm in Jersey? F- Bloomfield. I'm oh, from- dude, I, that's not far from here. I work in Weehawken. I live, oh, yeah. I, I, I went to school at Rutgers in New Brunswick. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. totally familiar with the area. DeVito and I, Anthony DeVito, yes. who, who, mm-hmm. who introduced us, Yes, I went to high school with him. Oh, okay. We were best friends in high school. That's I got right, him he did stand-up. Me- that's right. He did mention this. Yeah, that's right. That asshole. He's a shit. Fuck you, Anthony. Dead to me. <laughs> so I wanted to do stand up, and I'm not yeah. sure what happened first. I think it was when I was 18, and then uh, 9/11 happened. Oh, you know, mining for some great comedy material. <laughs> yeah. 9/11 happened, and I got into a fight with my girlfriend at the time. Her dad said that her that he was supposed to be in the building, but he wasn't because of Jesus. And we got into an argument, and I was like, <laughs> "That's." I was like, "You can't say that." I was yeah, like, I would have. I would have the same response, and I didn't want to be a dick about it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it was but... also 9/11, so no one knew how to talk. But I was yeah, like, yeah. if you're saying that, then you're saying. There's so many things you're implying. You're yeah, saying yeah. that he he kept him out, but then kept the planes going. But that it was so, and it made me furious. Yeah, yeah. We broke up, and I was like, I'm gonna prove this girl wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna be a fucking comedian because I always wanted to do it, but I was oh. like holding back. So then uh, I started. I did some shows. <laughs> so, so you did it in spite of ex girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm gonna be on Conan in two years. It's like, fuck you. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a rock. I'm gonna be a comedian. You're gonna regret breaking up with me. <laughs> yeah. The f- opening joke, my first joke I ever told yeah. was. Uh, 
Um, my girlfriend just broke up with me. I gave her the one thing no one else could. Herpes. And that, <laughs> not a good joke. I get no. it. It's a horrible joke. No. So, but it was angry. It was like, I'm, I don't have herpes. Uh, I just... I would, was taking herpes just so people would think that she had herpes. It was a problem. Thank God. I probably could have got sued for that now. I don't. I mean. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, there was clearly, there was a thing of like, I was hurting and uh, and I wanted to do stand up and that was the thing that pushed me to be bigger. And then I did that for like, I started in 2001 mm-hmm. and then uh, I didn't move to New York till 2008. Okay. And that's kind of when I got better. Like, Yeah. Well, because you get up every night. You go, yeah. you can do five, six spots a night if you really hustle for it. You know? Yeah, and I didn't... Not even that hard of a hustle. <laughs> you just actually need to just travel to them. Yeah. I met Mike Vecchione. I was working at Rascals in Montclair, and I met Mike Vecchione, and I was a door guy at Rascals because I just mm-hmm. needed to be around it, you yeah. know, and I was doing stand-up. And uh, Ed Cavanaugh, who's a manager at Gotham, he comes up to me, and he was like, Greg, how often are you getting up, right? And I go, you can't get up more than me. I get up every Monday. And then I do the Friday, I do the Monday mic, I do the Friday mic, and I do the bringer once a month. And I was like, who's working harder than me? He goes, <laughs> He's like, every comic in New York. <laughs> and then he goes, Mike, how often are you getting up? And he goes, uh, I get up three or four times a night. And my head exploded. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? How is that possible? Is yeah, that possible? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, that's you, you want to do it, you got to go to New York. Mm. And then uh, I sold my car. Like, it took me a few more years. I sold my car and moved to New York, yeah, and then that's where I kind of just started being like more serious about it. Gotcha. Yeah, very very cool. So so I mean like so so stand New York was your first place you got up. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then it just I'm assuming that you just started jumping from club to club. I, I, need, I need dirt on clubs. Oh yeah. No comedian will tell me any dirt on clubs. Well, I, I understand why, but sure. <laughs> but it's I like, need that. That guy fucking sucks. Yeah, that guy fucking sucks. Fuck him in the face. Every the, club. The only beefs I know about clubs are like when comedians have like actual legitimate beefs with, like like Jay Okerson had a beef with uh, was it a comic strip a couple a couple oh, years back? Sure. Yeah. 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 So he came to the defense of another comedian who was being basically like he called a called a patron a cunt. I think is what it was. Yes. Not Jay. The other guy. It was uh, Kevin something. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm totally sidetracked. But anyways, no, yeah. No. So like, no comedian will give me. Dirt on any clubs. Well, every club is a certain level of shit that you yeah, have to I, deal I, I, with. So I, I, it's yeah, like, of course. It's like you mostly hate all of them. <laughs> but then it's just like, well, there are some that's like, well, you're nicer to me there. It's like, oh, they're nicer there, but they don't pay as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Oh, they pay right, but whatever. And then there's like the seller, which does everything. And that's yeah, why everyone yeah. wants to be there. Of course, of course. You know, but it's like, for me, it's like, you know, it's like there's so many clubs where I'm like, oh, this guy is fucking me over. But the stage time is good, and yeah, I enjoy yeah. the wait staff. Yeah. You know, and then there's, like, Levity is a great one for me. Up at Nyack. Okay. Because they're so nice. Mm-hmm. It's owned by the Gotham folks. Owned by yep. the Gotham folks. Uh, they're so nice to me there. They treat me so well. The room itself is an extremely difficult room because the ceilings are super high. It's in a mall, right? It's in a mall. Malls don't bother me so much, but it's the uh, huge ceilings. Yeah. It's like if you were in, like... In an opera, you'd play. So if like there's twelve people there, it sucks. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like the club people are so fucking great. <laughs> they treat you well. The crowds are good. Yeah, yeah. you know. But there's that one thing yeah, that just kind of stinks. So there's always that one thing. There's always the one thing. So yeah, it's yeah. like, are you dealing with a shitty manager, or are you dealing with a shitty room? And then like, if it's all around, yeah, I got a good story for you, <laughs> and I'll shit on this club. Okay, no problem. All right, cool. This is what I want. Yeah. Sometimes I rub my hands together like an evil. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. Okay. LOL. Is it still around? It used to be in Midtown, correct? Right? Is it the one uh, we're thinking of? Times Square. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. it was like right above like the Halloween scary. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. above a, ha- a haunted house. Uh, <laughs> is, is which I don't know which I've is I've never stepped foot in there, so yeah. I hear the horror stories. But. Oh, God, it was a nightmare. For a little while, it was awesome. Louis Gomez. Yeah, I was going to say, Louis Gomez was running a room there, running a show there yeah, at some point. And yeah, he was. the crowds were great, and the comics were great, and we could see that like, oh, if you bring good comedy. That dude's a hustler, man. Yeah, I love Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I was doing, I mean, I'm telling you everything. I did a set one there, time one there. I did a set one time there where this woman got on, just started screaming, got on stage, tries to grab the microphone, starts pushing me. I just have my, there's a picture on my Facebook. I just have my hands in the air. And I'm like, you get, I'm like fucking yelling at her. Mm-hmm. The owner is videotaping it to put online. And I'm like, you get this fucking woman off the fucking stage, you <laughs> maniac. So that's, and I still work there after that. I still yeah, like, yeah. all right, well, you know, I need my stage time. Yeah. Uh, just enough. Just so many of those things. They screw you. You don't know how much time. They're not paying you right. The mm-hmm. owner's a dick. It's all that. They, get, they open up a new room where it's kind of like a big room. Yeah. Like just a big conference room. Curtain behind the stage. Uh, stage is high. Um, the guy brings me up. The ho- There's three people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. One guy has sunglasses on. Just arms closed in the pitch black. <laughs> just being an asshole. <laughs> I go up and the guy goes, ladies and gentlemen, keep it going for your next comedian. Uh, Gary Stove. He calls me <laughs> something. Gary or George Stove. Greg Stone is not difficult. <laughs> not hard. <laughs> At all. Easiest. It's one of the easiest. So now I'm like, ah, fuck this guy. Fuck this. I go up. I go to do a joke. This guy goes, nah, man, you corny. The guy in the front row. I went, oh. why am I doing this? I'm not being paid for this set. So I'm like, ah. And I go, fuck it. I have a good time. <laughs> I lean back to the curtain. There's no wall behind the curtain. Oh, no. I fall through the curtain. Straight through, like whoop, like right through the curtain, onto my elbow. Uh, I, I'm like motherfucker. The five people in the crowd start laughing at me. The host is laughing at me. I poke my head up like a fucking prairie dog, like furious. I get up. I went fuck this, fuck you, fuck this place. I put the mic in the thing and I walked off. Oh no. I go back to the room to grab my shit and someone goes, Yo, who's on stage? Oh, the host couldn't have been in the room because he was in the other room. And he goes, uh, Yeah. Yo, who's on stage? And I was like, You figure that shit out. And I never went back. And oh. I, I just got off stage. I was like, and it wasn't even necessarily their fault. Yeah. You know, it was bad crowd and there's a wall that I didn't anticipate but I was like this was the straw it was like I'm not yeah. doing this I'm not coming back to this place ever again what do you what do you think it is about comedians who are because uh, I because every comedian has a story like that yeah, yeah like yeah. it's they were either they were in the middle of nowhere it was you know it was a shit room and there was a shit crowd and this happened like what do you think it is about comedians and that and, and, and doing that is it is it just that's the way comedy is is it just that's the way you got to cut your teeth or is what it do just, you mean just doing bad stuff well no no what it, like why do comedians put up with that well, I mean... Is it stage time? For me, it's like, I know I want to be the best I can be. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. I want to be the best comedian I can be. Mm-hmm. Sitting at home, I'm not going to be the That's best true. I can be, That's true. you know? I know that... And, and all these shitty rooms... Like, I yeah. came up in New Jersey, so all these shitty rooms yeah. have strengthened certain muscles. Yeah. You know? So it's like, well, I always That's look true. at that of like, this is a muscle I'm working. It's a horrible room. If I can win this room over, I can win any room over. Okay. Uh, but at some point, you go... That muscle's strong enough. I'm never coming back <laughs> to this the fucking fuck place, you know? Because like, I've always heard stories of like some comedians, like Pat- Patrice O'Neill is a great example, and Daniel Tosh are two that pop yeah. in my head right away. They would get on stage, and they would like just kick people out before a show would start. They're like, <laughs> I'm not dealing with your bullshit. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can, like, but then I again, do that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, But you got to do it when you're Patrice O'Neill or Daniel Tosh. Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. it's like, where's that turning point where it's like, I no longer need to deal with bullshit. Yeah, know? yeah. And that's, I, that's kind of almost like... Um, I look at it, and I'm sure I've heard this analogy by someone. I forget who that. I forget. It was probably a very famous comedian. Who yeah, yeah, yeah. Telling this analogy, but like, there, it's it's like school. You know, yeah. your first four years is like high school, and then yeah. you got to go to college, and then you gotta, and then at some point you're like, oh, cool. Like I, I actually know how to do this. Because how long does it take you to, before you feel like you can call yourself a comedian? I'm sure it's got to be a I couple. Have, a few I have years. a weird feeling about this. Okay, I think as soon as you start telling jokes, you're a comedian. Really? Okay. As soon as the I've day, never heard that. In a, yeah, the I, day okay. you start. You're a comedian, but it's not about being a comedian. Yeah, it's about being 
a great comedian. You okay. know what I mean? So okay. like you're a comedian now. Take that ownership and work as hard as you can. Sure, you go to a, you go to your day job and you go, I'm a comedian, and then mm. your friends come out and they don't laugh. Well, you told your friends you're a comedian and you didn't stand up to that. So it might be better for you to not walk around telling everybody <laughs> you're a fucking comedian and then you yeah, perform yeah. and then you suck. But the truth is, it's like there is no r- rules on when you're a comedian. There's no degree. Yeah, it's true. And there's no like gatekeeper of showbiz. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could be a, yeah. And that's the thing is, fuck the gatekeepers. No yeah, club yeah. says they don't work you. You're not, you're not fired from comedy. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. There are gatekeepers of showbiz. Exactly. But what I mean by is, is that it's like no one can tell you you have to quit or you're fired from the game yeah. of comedy. And you don't. And I mean, th- I mean, I guess crowds will eventually tell you you're done with the game of comedy. <laughs> but that's what's hard too. Is yeah. that I mean, I know so many guys who sucked for so long, yeah, and then got good. I've which, seen that, which yeah. is such a terrible thing to be like. Well, then maybe you just maybe you're just a bad comedian being like, well, maybe I just suck now, and if I put ten more years in, I'll get good. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, that's got to be tough. Like. So many, so much time needs to be put in. Like, there's the Gladwell ten thousand hours thing. It's like so many comics are like, just got to put in time, put in time, and then all yeah. of a sudden there's some sort of like switch that's flipped or a light bulb that goes off. There's very few people who have that raw natural talent, and those guys you see ascend very yeah. quickly. You know, I also but, don't. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. No, you no. disagree with me? I dis. No, I don't disagree with you in any way. Oh, oh, because I, I want don't you to approve no. of okay. when people go with. I I don't believe in talent. I think uh, I say fuck talent. Okay. Uh, I don't. Because to me, it's like, yeah, talent is great. It's going to yeah. be kind of funny. And I know I have some kind of talent. Okay. You know what I mean? But it's the work that made me good. Yeah. You know what I mean? I see so many guys who I grew up with who were raw, just fucking funny dudes, mm-hmm. but refused to put the time in. Yeah. You know? And then they okay. quit comedy or whatever, and they didn't want to take it seriously. So many guys you know now, you go on stage and just like, oh, motherfuckers. And you're yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, it's it's empty calories. Okay. You know? And it's like, you have that. Now, that's what I, well, I grew up. A block out of Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. So as comedy f- went, we were we ran on Martin and loud yeah. comedy yeah, and yeah. being like funny on the block. Yeah, that Def Jam style. Yeah, yeah. And when I got to New York, I kind of realized that a lot of the shit I was doing was just empty calories. Okay. So I had to relearn how to do comedy hmm. through myself in the alt scene where no one was doing act outs. If I did an act out, people got mad. I've never heard it classified as empty calories, but it's actually in a very interesting way of putting it. I kind of think of it as yeah, empty yeah, calories. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. nothing behind it. It's just a bunch of yelling and screaming. And, yeah. And I, I, mean, uh, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I've, just oh, never good, heard it, I've just never heard it referred to as empty calories, which is interesting. Yeah. It's a good way. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Greg Stone said it's empty calories. <laughs> Stop yelling on stage, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, but so, so you basically, so you come to New York, okay? I'm trying to keep the timeline oh, yeah, on, yeah, on track yeah. here. So you come now. Did you do college or just like straight to New York after high school? I went to college for one semester, where <laughs> okay. I took I took algebra, okay, which most people took in middle school. Yeah, I, I took it in like seventh grade. <laughs> I took a radio class, improv class, and a stand up class, and a sketch class. What school did you go yeah, to? I went to William Batterson, and they had all these oh, okay. random, yeah, yeah. yeah, they had all these random, like weird, like fun classes you could take. Yeah, I took all the comedy classes. Yeah, failed algebra, of course. Um, Doesn't strike me as <laughs> of all that list. That's the one that yeah, of course. This is the one I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't like. I couldn't. I mean, I just suck at. I just yeah. suck at math. Yeah, I had a stand up teacher, and he said. Uh, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to be a comedian. And he goes, well, why are you in college? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I fuck I should get college. He was like, no, yeah. you're just going to walk out of this with debt. Yeah. You're not going to make sure. money in comedy. He's like, you should drop out. So my college teacher told me to drop out of college. That's great. And for the most part, it was just kind of what happened. I just kind of, uh, it was getting expensive. I was paying for it all on my own. And I was okay. like, why am I working so hard in a backup plan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? 
I worked in a hospital, and it was just like, what am I doing? I got to get the fuck out of here. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So, okay, so you come to New York, and you basically start working uh, the alt rooms, it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I couldn't get stage time on the clubs, because okay. the clubs are pretty hard to break into. And I, to be honest, I wasn't, I don't know if I was club ready. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I was working some clubs in New Jersey. I was working the Rascals in New Jersey. Okay. And then it closed down. So then we were like, I have to move to New York. Yeah. Um, there's there's not a lot in Jersey. No. And the ones that are are like weird, like Uncle Vinny's. Have you ever seen? Yeah. Yeah. It's like I've been to Uncle Vinny's, and it's just like it's like I don't know what half of Jersey did pre Sopranos imaging. Yeah. Because it just, it, I don't know the Sopranos became a thing, yeah. and then like half of Jersey became flipped, the became the Sopranos. That's a huge. It was they became everyone's like this is what Jersey people are like. Yeah. It's like no, well that's what we're. It was a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah. They became the Sopranos. Well, yeah. Like what did the Sopranos come out ninety nine ninety eight? Yeah. So like I don't what I don't know what Jersey I don't remember what Jersey looked like pre ninety nine. Yeah. 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 I auditioned for that guy. Okay. And it did not. I drove, so that's like you know two hours away or something for me. Yeah, it's, I'm not really sure, but I drove down with my brother. Okay. Um, no one shows up to the show that I'm auditioning on. <sighs> the only person in the crowd is my brother, and I go, "Oh man, sucks. We can't do this." And he goes, "No, you can do this." The guy makes me audition. I get on. I tell my first joke to my brother. <laughs> he gets up, walks out of the room, and then I'm just looking at my brother like. Do I keep going? Like, I don't know how to do this to you. I can't just do my act to you. And he was like, please don't keep going. And I was like, all right. So I'm just going to stand here. And then we left. It was like, did he even like come back? I don't remember. (laughs) It's weird. This is weird. A long time ago. This is like 15 years ago. Okay. So I don't remember how. I just remember being like, whatever. He was like, okay, I'll call you or something. He never called me. It was so awkward. And then uh, there was a guy, Gemini, who I think is like a puppet guy. And I think he performed. <laughs> I think he performed for like nobody. I think I left. And I think he just he, the guy made him do. Oh, so act. this was an actual show. It was an actual show. This wasn't just like an audition on like two o'clock on like a no. on like a, it oh was my, a show oh, that oh, he geez. did not cancel. That the only people who were there was my brother and I think this girl who I was living with at the same time. Wow, which was crazy. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. but those, but I feel like those are also great stories. Like you have oh, yeah, that story it. for the rest of your life. So happy. You know so what happy. I mean? Like at the time, it's your your it's the shittiest moment of your life. Yeah. But like you know, put some distance between you. Like oh, I'm glad I have that story. I probably missed out on three hundred bucks. You know, <laughs> tops. But that's what the story's worth. And I, totally worth it. I'd have paid two hundred more bucks <laughs> to have that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so then I started in the alt scene. I, okay. What happened was I came to New York and uh, I was doing like, I didn't know what to do. So I started, I took a few UCB classes mm-hmm. and then I met Derek, I met uh, DC who, uh, DC, oh, I can't think of his last name, DC, and then there was Derek and there was Donald Glover. Oh, uh, uh, they had, they, yeah, it they was, were in D- this D- no, I want to say DC Benny, but it's not DC Benny. It's not DC Benny. It's DC. No, no, DC. Pearson, Pearson, DC, DC Pearson. Pearson, and uh, it was it was a weird name, like a girlfriend comedy. Ugh, what the hell was yeah, their name? They had an improv t- group. Yeah, they had an improv group, and they yeah yeah. And I'm totally spacing on it. They had a show. Yeah, they, I can't remember their name. It was a fun Derek name. Comedy. Derek. It was Derek Comedy. Derek Comedy. That's what it was. Dominic was the other guy's name. Dominic. It was Derek Comedy. That yes. was the name of it. Yeah, yeah Derek yeah. Comedy. I knew it was like a word, like weird word, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not weird, but just for a comedy yeah. troupe. Derek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I made DC and. Uh, uh, he ran a show at the Creek. Yeah. And I heard there was like, at that time, I think it was only an open mic at the Creek. It was like an open mic of their show. It was your show was called This Is in New York. And I was like, hey, man, I do stand up. And I kind of like pleaded weirdly. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I just can't get any spots. I'd love to do your show. And he was like, yeah, of course, you're a comedian. Come to the show. Like, he was so nice. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, come to the show. I did the show. And he was like, dude, you really gave me like a huge compliment. Mm-hmm. 
And they were like, we're actually stopping our show. You should talk to Rebecca Trent, who ran mm. the creek. Yeah, still does. Yeah. yeah. About doing a show. They get a thing, and then Anthony and I, Anthony Vito and I started a show at the creek. And then that kind of was our in to the alt scene. And then we started doing all the alt shows mm-hmm. and all the creek shows and all that shit. And yeah, then, and, and, and the creek's got a nice, great vibe over there now. I yeah. mean, like, I feel like it took a while. Yeah, but, yeah. but like, over, well, it didn't take a while, but like, overnight, you started hearing, like, oh, people are doing stuff at the creek and cave. And yeah. for a while, there was just like a lot going on there. But then, like, some point, it hit like a tipping point, and like, everyone started talking about the creek and the cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that happened a few years back. You know? Yeah. But uh, it's cool to go over there, you know, because, like, first of all, the food's good. You can yeah, go yeah, eat yourself some. It's good. I actually stick up for the food. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, food's like, I'm like, no, the food is great. I love the food. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like te- it's like California Tex-Mex type yeah, yeah. of stuff. Or I don't, I don't, I don't know the official name of the fair, but it's it's Mexican food. Basically. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's like and some of the shows are free, and some of the shows are big, and some of the shows are small. Like you know, like we just talked about Nick Turner. That's where he taped the special. Mm. Uh, Colin Quinn has run specials and shows over there. Yeah, uh, the Skank Fest has become a thing over there yeah. with the, with the Legion of Skanks taping over there. And there's Cave Comedy Radio, and then all these other shows that pop up here and there. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, Rebecca's built a really nice thing over there too. It is cool, man. It's like a cool way to like. For me, it was awesome because with the club, you have a real crowd, so like you have to do your A. But yeah, there, yeah. they don't want it. They didn't want a. So it was a hundred percent exploratory. Mm-hmm. So I mean, every time I'm getting on stage there, it was like I'm exploring any different aspect of what mm-hmm. I like doing. And I don't know that I, you know, it's like I hate to say found your voice or whatever, but things that like <laughs> I feel the most comfortable with with storytelling yeah. and that shit. A lot of that came from just being able to. Just be, you know, experiment yeah, yeah, yeah. in that place. That well, it takes a while. Yeah. It, 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 it takes a while. I mean, like, you know, it's... I look at, like, myself. I'm like, oh, well, you know, and I'm not a comedian by any stretch of the imagination. I just like talking to comedians. But, like, you know, like, you know, I, I feel like a big transformative time for me was between high school and college where it's yeah. like, okay, I'm in high school and I'm a goof, my lovable goofball self and I'm still a goofball in college, but yeah, it's yeah. just like, I'm a little bit more assertive about things and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's the same way, you know, yeah. you kind of like start to progress as a comedian, just being comfortable on stage and talking to people is a great yeah. thing. So. That's what kind of what you were saying too before about the whole, like, you know, where, when, uh, when do you start being able to say no to things almost, you know, yeah. like with LOL, it's like a lot of it's like, once you just get comfortable, like, all right, I'm making enough money to survive now, so now I can kind of turn some things down. Yeah, yeah, You know, like, I haven't, you know, there are some things that, like, I haven't auditioned for or haven't been, and it's like, well, if they don't happen, yeah. they don't happen. I'm yeah. a comedian. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, I'll be funny. I can do a podcast. I can do my thing. And I'm happy in life. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, every comedian I know, they're always, like, five, they're always living in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And they forget. It's like, well, why did you get into this? You got yeah. into this to tell jokes. You're on stage right now, and I see guys being like, well, I have to get this set so that this can go to the hour and the hour can yeah, go to yeah. this. And it's like, well, why don't you just think about making these people who are in front of you right now yeah. fucking laugh? Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's, you know, and, and I, I'm trying to be more of like... In, uh, it, in the moment. Yeah, like mindful of my of my comedy. <laughs> the zen of stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah. I would love to be more like that. It's, <laughs> it's a nice thing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's it's great. I mean, like, because uh, the reality of the situation is like, you know, you, you don't know what's, for the most part, uh, Comedy, yeah, there's a little bit of a meritocracy to it. Like you, you get in out, you get out of it what you put into it and hard work. And yeah. but there's also a lot of guys who just like they get jaded because they didn't get this late night spot, they didn't get this, yeah. they didn't get that. And they look at, they compare themselves to other people. Yeah. And the great comics that I've always seen, those guys don't give a shit what other people are doing. Yeah. It's like, what am I doing? Yeah. What what what's what's me? What's my thing brand yeah. whatever you call it and like 
then once they get to a point where those are usually the dudes who are like they'll offer the best advice to other people or yeah, they'll yeah. talk to you about whatever because they don't give a shit and they don't feel intimidated by you. I feel yeah. like it's the open micers who are like more like this is what comedy needs to be. Yeah, exactly. And it's such bullshit yeah, yeah, because yeah. then you're trying to be a comedian that already exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you know? Doug Stanhope gives a fuck about what anyone else does? Yeah, like he doesn't. He's like I'll live in the middle of nowhere and do be one of the best comedians on the planet. That's, that's yeah. kind of beautiful. Kind yeah, of like yeah. funny to bring back Gallagher. Yeah, this is a guy who said I'm gonna fucking smash fruit. <laughs> You know, it's like, did, I would love yeah. to know what open micer has the balls to even attempt doing something like that. Could you imagine someone smashing food on stage at the creek and seeing, like, Rebecca just, like, lose her shit? She has done, we've done way worse. <laughs> oh, my God. You, you know Matt Wayne and Doug Smith? I uh, know Doug Smith. I don't know Matt Wayne. Doug, oh, two of the funniest guys, man. Okay. Doug Smith is, they do the show See You in Hell, okay. where they would start the show by blowing fireballs. They've almost set <laughs> the creek on fire. A hundred times. And Rebecca's just like, well, all right, whatever. You know, like, they didn't burn it down yet. Yeah. Yeah, dude, fucking, we used to do sketch shows there. We, we would just have to mop, just mopping up fake blood and shit. It's like, I don't know how this, no one has been killed there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's just luck. It's luck of the draw. At some point, someone's got to die. So. Yeah. <laughs> just like, so, okay, so what year are we talking about at this point when you started doing these alt rooms? Were 2008, you said? 2009? 08, 08, yeah, 09. 08, 09. Okay. And uh, you know, I moved to New York with Devito, and okay. uh, we were just kind of doing the thing. And then uh, I was just trying to get work at like clubs, so I'd be hanging out at the clubs. Because mm-hmm. to me, it's like it's always been about the clubs. Like yeah. to me, it's like I don't know, that's where like that's how I came up. You know, those were yeah, the yeah. best comics. You know, um, started doing that stuff. You know, just starting more, doing more road work, mm-hmm. and then uh, not until I did Axis TV, which at, is, at Gotham, yeah, tips at Gotham, which right? is like 2010. Did I really feel like it's so crazy that like I think I've always gotten laughs. Okay. But then was the first moment of confidence where I was like, someone paid me to do this on television. Now I'm a comedian. Like, gotcha. it was crazy. Okay. And it happened a long time after I started. Yeah. And I'm still a guy who I, I honestly think, I don't have to sound like whatever. It's like, I think I'm happy with what I produce. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, there's not many th- oppor- not many things, not many opportunities I've been given have really paid <laughs> off. Yeah. You know, which is fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, going back to Anthony, I mean, he just had a crazy month. like Crazy three month. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. all happened yeah. in three days. So it's like, but that happens. So it's like, you yeah. know, and he he's a peer, obviously. Yeah. And, and, and that just happened. So it's yeah. like, it's not like you're behind the eight ball or anything like behind that. Behind the eight ball, I got him started in comedy yeah yeah, yeah. you're not <laughs> what the hell? But like, the no it of, doesn't bother me in any way no 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 the point i'm trying to make is like it's like you know it's uh, it's it's that not paying attention to what your peer things of your course. peers it's like obviously you're psyched for your peers but it's also not like well he got that why didn't i get that i was here first well you know that yeah kind of and that's shit. i don't yeah, really yeah. think that way. no 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 and yeah, i don't think you do yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, and I think it's like re- refreshing because there are people that definitely think that yeah way, and i'm doing comedy yeah yeah we're doing it it's already yeah. being done. Yeah, <laughs> there's something about, and I hate to sound, I don't hate to bring up religion, ever, but like, no, as a pure, as an atheist, mm-hmm. and like, there's just something nice about knowing that this is the only chance we have. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you, the end where you get the things you want, yeah. it takes a long time. So if yeah. you're waiting for that to happen. You're almost at the end of your life, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like waiting to live your life. Uh, it's like waiting to retire so you can travel. Yes. It's like what the fuck are you doing? Like yes. you're you're gonna tr- go. You're gonna climb mountains when you're sixty something years old. Like yeah. no, go do it when you're twenty. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that can is- take and can take a hit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot. Of, I even know comics who are like, well, I gotta get this kind of act so then I can change to be this kind of comedian. It's mm-hmm. like, 
if you want to be that kind of comedian, be that comedian now. Yeah, you yeah. know, you got things you want to say, say that shit. Yeah, yeah, you don't make it funny, make it interesting. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, who gives a shit? What are you waiting for? Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, it's nice to have goals. Oh, like, course. like there's definitely check marks in the comedian's life where it's like, okay, late night spot, get past that a certain club that yeah. I want to get past that, uh, tape an hour, yeah, do yeah. a do a half hour, whatever it is. So, like, you still have to hit those rungs and those milestones. Like, yeah, like I like like uh, the festivals. I imagine is something that like a lot of people like too. Like, I don't know, how, have you done festivals yet? Or are you starting new um, festivals? Yeah, I did festivals. I kind of that's one of those things where I said I'm done with festivals. Really, I'm yeah. surprised. That's you're like the first person that said that. Yeah, most people like love fe- most comedians that I've talked to at least. Yeah, yeah. They like festivals because they're like, oh, I don't get to see anybody, you know. So it's kind of like a, a quick, oh yeah, a quick chance. For, yeah, but you're just like fuck festivals. No, I mean if you if you invite me to a festival <laughs> and you pay me to do the festival or at least pay for me to be there, <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Okay. But I can't do festivals anymore where I just go and hang out. We get drunk and uh, and I lose money. You know, okay, like, that I makes can't sense. Give up a weekend. You that know, makes it's sense. Like, that there makes are sense. the higher end festivals I would love to do. Yeah, yeah, but it's like I don't know. I submitted to tons of festivals, mm-hmm. and I I do have a big problem with making your money off of comedy submissions. If you're well, yeah, those those are those are probably not worth. Like, what yeah. great festivals actually have you pay to to apply? Well, yeah, I mean, but there are like, a lot. like, like, yeah, but like, does a just for laughs ask you for money to apply? Exactly, that's why I would do just for laughs. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'll do just for laughs. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not talking about the shit ones. I just talk about, like, yeah, no, I know, but those. <laughs> no, listen, I, I firmly believe, and I'm not, and I, I'm not making a statement. No other comedian, uh, yeah. most comedians agree with this. It's like if you have to pay to submit, it's like fuck off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I paid a lot of money thinking. I don't know what I was thinking when I was doing them. Just thinking it was part, and then you realize it's like they. I the last one I did. Yeah, I forgot what festival it was, but I uploaded the video, so it had one. It had one view. Mm-hmm. They took forty five dollars from me. Uh-huh. Uh I didn't get in, and I still had one view. So I oh. paid something of forty five bucks when I only had. I literally think I had fifty bucks in my bank account. Yeah, but I was yeah. like, fuck it, if I get in, this could be big. Yeah, I you know, and then they didn't even watch the video. That's bullshit. That's stealing. Yeah, that's theft. You're stealing from people who have no money. Yeah, and you're their dreams. And I said, this is like I refuse to be a part of that system anymore. Yeah, I also well, I mean, yeah, those people are pieces of shit that yeah. try to make money off comedians back. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there's plenty of guys that do it right. Oh, of course. You know what I mean, like you know, I know we go back to Louis J. Gomez and, and Skankfest, but like that's something he talks about all the time. It's yeah, like, yeah. I'm that's doing Skankfest. F- that's a festival. I you should. Yeah, you yeah. should. Have, <laughs> and, and that's a great festival because Louis is like, you're not. He's like, you're in it because you're funny. He's like, yeah. I don't give a shit if you're a dude, a girl, what nationality, race, religion, color, whatever. Yeah. He's like. You're doing the festival because we think you're funny, yeah. and we're going to figure out a way to pay everybody. Yeah, and we're still going to make money on this. Yeah, thing. and it's like that can be done. Yeah, on the macro level, what Skankfest is what? What's that? What's his, what's the attendance at? Four hundred, maybe tops, yeah. maybe that. And then there's the, the the I'm sorry, that's the micro level. Then the macro level is like a JFL or just for laughs, yeah. or it's like one of the most beloved festivals in the on the world yeah. because they can fucking do it right and treat comedians properly. So. I, yeah, I kind of also forgot about the real festivals. <laughs> it's like I just go to them and I do them, but it's like, but I still have that thing in my head when you say. Festivals, Festival, I think about these poor kids who are submitting and then paying these people to put on. Nah, a party fuck in those house. people, man. It makes fuck, me furious. Fuck those people. There yeah, should be yeah. more comedians out there to just kind of stand up too. I, I that's that's. I think one of the reasons they get away with it is because there's so many comedians dying yeah. to be a part of that. And then yeah. once you kind of step away from that and you realize the ridiculousness that's going on here, it's like I'm above this. I'm just going to be a comic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I wonder about them. I mean, I wonder about those comics who aren't good. You know, like. <laughs> Listen. There's not good lawyers. There's shitty <laughs> policemen. There's shitty, you know, uh, carpet salesmen. Why yeah. aren't there shitty comedians? Like it, it, it happens. Yeah, it's got to happen. But like at some point, 
a shitty lawyer, at least you're kind of making money. Yeah, that's true. That's like true. these guys who just do these mics for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I know guys who have been doing mics longer than in the city longer than I've been here. Mm-hmm. And I do believe are funny that I'm like, I don't know why you haven't. People probably just look at you in a certain way. Maybe yeah. you need to go to another place. Yeah. But it, it's like, at some point, it's like, what's the disconnect? You're not getting any laughs. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like mad at them because it's like maybe they'll hit it and then they'll find their yeah, own yeah. art. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. I love your art. If you're not dying, mm-hmm. fine. But I don't know. It's such a weird. It is a weird business. I mean, because look at like uh, Mark Marin or Louis C.K. Those guys hit it big late life. Yeah, yeah. Then you have a guy like uh, Pete Davidson or Michael Che where it's yeah. like they were almost like kind of touched and it was like, yeah. the, you know, they got the, the hand of showbiz yeah, kind of yeah. like tapped their shoulder and said yeah. ascend ch- young ch- child yeah. so but th- at th- there's also a point where like you got to kind of have the 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 talent to back it up though too sure. like you can put pete davidson on snl but yeah. if he sucks on snl he's not on snl of for course long, you know what i mean like uh, but i have a weird thing about that now oh okay Uh-oh. this is a fear i have okay because through the comedy scene now there was a big thing of like we're looking for diversity, which I yeah. love diversity. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. But then they're tapping comics who were too young, too new. And they're yeah. thrusting them way too fast. Yeah. And then they can't back it up. But if they say something like, I know a couple girls who say things just like, they'll just say points. Yeah. And then people clap. Yeah. And then it's like, you're that's not comedy it's, yeah, it's, yeah yeah i don't know what that is that's there's nothing it's, behind it's, it it's preaching proselytizing like yes proselytizing i can't pronounce that word but yeah you know what i mean though it's like it's like oh i agree I, it's like i agree with you that you know gun control needs to happen yeah it's like, that's not a joke yes you need a joke about gun control not just get up there i've seen specials yeah. of comedians who it's like it's like I understand why you feel this way. I totally get it, whether yeah. you be, you know, a minority, a lesbian, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like this is a comedy show. Like yeah. you got, like that's something you write for, like you know, a website or a blog yeah. or something like that. Like, but your stand-up should be its own thing. Yeah, um, you should be at least, or or you find the funny in this and put it over to your stand-up. So I get yeah. that. And there's, I mean, there's plenty of examples of, you know, I'm not going to call out names of comedians, sure. but like you know, th- like a show like Guy Code, yeah, yeah. definitely ascended certain comedians or you know male and female who yeah, just yeah. weren't ready for it yeah yeah where you've seen them they, oh, it's like oh they got a late night spot or oh they're touring on the road you know they're doing 350 400 person rooms and they're selling out half the room because yeah. they have 15 minutes yeah, yeah they yeah. have 20 minutes but then you also have guys like chris stefano who psh, yeah that guy's great you know what i mean so it's like so it's like can you fault him for taking a swing can you fault yeah. him for taking that shot you know of course not. dan soder was on that show dan soder's fucking hilarious yeah. you know what i mean so like and even those girls that they wanted some yeah. of them like I can say Carly because I love her. Yeah, yeah. Carly is someone who I think that she was thrusted very fast. But I agree. Yeah. With with myself, she w- I would see her working and trying yes. hard yes. and doing it the right way. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, well, what do we want you to do? Go back to open mics. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you're selling out and you believe in this. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, fuck it. Use this crowd. Find your voice. Do it. Yeah. It's you know Schumer. And you know who might Schumer is a young comedian. Like you forget how she's only been in the yeah. game what ten years, maybe. She's been finding herself on HBO specials. Yes, she absolutely has. And it's like, yeah. what are you gonna say? No. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like her voice. She used to be more of like a Jezelnik. Absolutely. Remember, she'd be like yeah. one liner. Then I started doing stories, and it's like, wow. You know, it's like. That's and then she was, crazy. and then it was like, you know, jokes about my vagina and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And now it's kind of like the the most recent special she did with definitely two different types of Amy Schumer's. There yeah. was like the jokes about my vagina. Then there was also like, well, there's a gun control situation going on yeah. one of my movies and I want to address that too yeah, so yeah, like yeah. yeah she's growing up right on the right on her special it's crazy yeah, yeah. it's unbelievable to see and she's a very young comedian you forget that like yeah. she, she went the fame but she's 10 11 years in the game I guess something yeah. like that so it's that's bonkers to yeah. me you know you that can't you're compare her to Louis 
No, 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 no. And it's great. People are. But you can't. It's crazy, but you can't. You can't. You can't because Louis got years. Louis started when he was a teenager yeah. in this game. So yeah, that's the thing too. Is even what you were saying before yeah. about being like Louis made it big late. Yeah, it's like he was still writing for oh, Conan. Yeah, 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 yeah. On one of the biggest, like <laughs> yes, the best yes. Conan writers yes. of all time. He wasn't a household name though. Exactly, yeah, yeah, but he was like he had a career. He absolutely had a career. that a lot of us would have been like you know you could live off of. You absolutely. Know what I mean? Uh, Did you ever hear that story about why he quit Conan? No. He basically, he was, uh, the uh, I want to say, was it Schmeigel who was the head writer yeah. before Conan? And he's who hired Louis. He was leaving Conan. And he basically said, Louis's the guy. Like, he's the, he's your next head writer. And and Louis, you know, got the offer and he kind of sat down. And I'm obviously paraphrasing this whole thing. But he basically said, he went into Conan after the offer came and said, I can't take this job. And basically, he broke it down for Conan. It's like, I can see the next 25 years of my life. Yeah. Uh, I'll make X amount of dollars. Yeah. I'll get X house in Connecticut. Yeah. I'll do this and the other thing. And I just don't want that life. And Conan looked at him and goes, I totally get it. Like, Go, you know, go make yeah. pootie tang, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. Thank but God like, he did. Yeah, yeah, totally. Even though he got, it sounds like he really got fucked putting that movie together, like by like the the, the studio and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's like, still just a great. Story. It's a fucking he great. Still is fine. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it led him to today, but at the yeah. same time, it's just like. Some comedians love that. Some guys want stability. Or yeah. Some people were like, oh, I won't have I a hat. Well, I mean, it's I think it's, there's a very nomadic element to comedy. It's yeah. You're traveling constantly. You're going here. Even just the act of working around the city, you're traveling to yeah. different destinations to do stuff. So some comedians are like, oh, like... I don't want to buy a house and settle down and get yeah. a wife. So like you know, especially when you're younger too. I think you want to kind of go and see things. And the idea though of like moving up through the ranks and knowing where you'll be is terrifying to me. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. I don't want yeah. to know that like oh I'll only achieve this much or hmm. you know I want to. I like the idea that tomorrow something crazy could happen yeah, yeah, or. Yeah. Who know? You know, I could be doing something. You know, well, you got know. new glasses. And you you have the leading man says. I almost threw up <laughs> because they're definitely in the wrong prescription. <laughs> I've really just been holding this in the whole time. <laughs> you could take them off. Again, I can't see. Oh well, you know what I look like by this point. <laughs> no, I really want to soak me you, you in. Is sitting in a dark room with like red arms all over the place. Uh, we're in the Ryan Gas Studios. But honestly, though, but actually, it's just a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. But I have to see you because I'm. I don't want to cut you off. Oh, okay. And there's so many comedians that will just talk over people yeah, yeah. that I'm literally <laughs> trying to listen. So you feel pretty I good. Don't see your, if I don't see your lips moving or if I don't read your facial signal, I'll just keep talking <laughs> about who the fuck knows what. All right. So, so okay. So you're now back. You're now in the city. Uh, you, you when do you, When does the podcast come in? You start a podcast at some point. Oh, the Rad Dude Yeah, cast. the Rad Dude Cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do that with Anthony, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's a third person. I'm, Brendan Ayer. Yeah, super okay. funny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, like is that like like I'm just I guess I'm, I guess the question I'm, I'm eventually trying to get to is uh, career goals like yeah, you know yeah. is it start a podcast and be a super famous podcaster or is it do late night into this is it get signed and have a sitcom goals for me if I could yeah. do anything right now if I could yeah. dream I would be uh, I would be a city comic okay <laughs> meaning I can just perform in all the city clubs I want to okay filming a sitcom that I wrote okay. I want to write movies and I would love to write. Uh, story. I love any type of storytelling. You know, like okay. I love that kind of stuff. I'd love to have a sitcom that I wrote or a movie that I wrote, but also stand up is the ultimate goal for me. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it's like I I hate to say like whatever, but it's like I would love to be like a Louis. Yeah. You know, I would love to do for people what Carlin did for me. Okay. You know, like when I was sitting there with a Catholic father being like, I don't know, something's weird. And then you watch George Carlin, you go, oh. This is bullshit. <laughs> you know, like I can't. I know. I know it's pretentious. But Carlin's it's like, your guy, though. 
it sounds like. Louis my guy. Okay, Louis. Harlan is definitely one of my guys. Okay, but Louis was the guy. first guy I went okay. to New York when I was whatever. The first show I ever went to, what I was talking about before, mm-hmm. Louis was there, and he did a, a this absurd joke about owning all the pants, or something like that. And I went, "This is the only guy who's been funny in the way I want to okay. be funny." Oh, that's cool. And so, yeah, Louis is like to me. I think he's just always going to be the best. Gotcha. Very cool. Very very cool. So, what are you doing to prepare for that? I write. I know it's like, I know it's kind of a weird oh, question. No, no. Yeah, I write. I have, How do you prepare for this? I mean, to me, it's. About uh, I I'm sorry. I just I got a visual it. of you like Rocky fouring it out in the woods. <laughs> yeah, like running up hills and lifting logs. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the comedy equivalent. I don't know, lifting pens and writing stuff. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't fucking know. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, love I it. totally cut you off. No, for you did not. Utter bullshit. Yeah, I cut you off. No, for utter because bullshit. then I have that in my head now, and now that's how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna yeah. go work out. Maybe you're the best around. Plays in the background. <laughs> you're the best around. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I don't know. Like for me, it's like for the writing process because mm-hmm. I just love. For me, comedy is all about finding your inner fears and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what are the things, what are these inner truths <coughs> that I love? That's that's for me is the thing. You know, yeah. like the one of my favorite bits. There's like every bit that I have that I love is one that I went, oh my god, you can't tell anybody about that. It's like I one of my favorite bits was a bit about trying to stick a dildo up my ass. <laughs> I tried because I was scared of being gay. Not scared of being gay. <coughs> you, need, you needed to figure it out. I was scared of being homophobic. Okay. Not scared of being gay because I knew I wasn't gay. I was like, I know I'm not gay. I'm not attracted to yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. So that's cool. But it's like, well, then why won't you stick this in your ass? And then you go, because, maybe, maybe because it would hurt. Maybe it would hurt. It did hurt. <laughs> I couldn't get it in. That's the big problem. But there was a fear. And it's like, well, <laughs> there was. Confronted head on. Yes. And it's like, why is that? <laughs> So many religion to me was yeah. a thing I was scared of. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. I'm like, it's like, yeah. I'm scared to ask the real questions here. And then yeah. once I broke it down, I went, oh my god! It's like you open up into this whole other pool of water. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then so like, I don't know. For me, it's like just finding the things in myself that I'm afraid to confront, mm-hmm. and then confronting them. And then that's like that to me is like the best comedy. <laughs> the visual of you sticking your tilt up here. Yeah, it's dude. almost too much. Oh, right it's plastic down the bed and everything. I, I don't know what. It was a horrible. Plastic idea. on the bed. <laughs> I wasn't sure what was going to happen. It could have been anything. <laughs> I've never had a moment like that where I'm like, I'm, I'm scared, I'm homophobic, so I'm going to stick a dildo on my ass to, to prove if I am or not. Well, I, I mean, like, you fully, I'm sure you fully learn about yourself once you've shoved the dildo <laughs> up your ass. And maybe I just haven't learned about myself yet. Yeah, but, but why haven't you tried? I, you know what? It's a, it's a question I've never asked. Yeah. But now that now answer. that the question has been asked, I'm like, why? That's like, probably the You're not homophobic. Said. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, like, <laughs> straight, uh, straight women do it. Gay men do it. Yeah. Bisexual women do it. Bisexual men do it. Yeah. Straight men don't. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If five out of six people told me to try a pizza place, <laughs> I'd try that pizza place. <laughs> We're clearly missing out on something. I, you, you know what? You make a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> it makes exactly. a lot. It makes a lot of fucking sense. Why have I not done this in my life? <laughs> and it was weird. And that's where a lot of my act comes from. A lot of like sexual stuff. But this like, might be the impetus of some sort of self health self health health yeah. co- uh, help course you could teach. <laughs> like like this might be the spark of the next Scientology. <laughs> yeah. Dude, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> like, what's the thing you're the most Embarrassed about <sighs> something you'd never tell anybody. I'm asking you on a podcast. I know. Course. I'm trying to think. I mean, like, I'm not. I, there's. I don't really feel. Em, 
like I I have the same I have most of the same issues most like 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 large dudes have where it's like yeah. oh shit I don't want to be like the large dude outside with a shirt off by the sure. pool. Yeah, the reality situation is I have and literally no one gives a fuck. And yeah. as I've gotten older, the fuck left the give the give a fuck level has dropped dramatically. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like I don't give a shit. But uh, I, there are some points in my in my that I play over like from my childhood where I'm like oh that was a super embarrassing moment or yeah. that was a super whatever. But it, now that I look back at it, I'm like. Eh, it wasn't yeah. that embarrassing, but yeah, like yeah, when yeah. you're like eight or nine, it's like, oh my god, so traumatic. Like, yeah, yeah. Like one of the things that literally has played over in my head many, many times was we, I was eight or nine. Yeah, we were going. This is a terrible story. There's, there's, just, just pre warning you, the I'm payoff is not going to be great. Okay, I love okay, this. okay. I'm in, I'm in. All right. Um, we were at uh, Valley Forge or one of those like you know yeah. old timey you know uh, uh, colonial type of places, yeah. and I was picked to stand in front of the class. It was a class trip. Uh, stand in front of the class and put on like old timey garb. And as the woman was buttoning me up, the, the the other woman was handing her a lozenge of some sort because she was coughing as she was buttoning yeah. me up. And she like passes her the lozenge, and instead of and me realizing that she was doing it for the cough, I just said, "Oh, cool!" And I took one. <laughs> Again, there's, this is the I best. Get it. No, I get that. I was just like, "Why did I fucking do that? Why did I steal this woman's <laughs> lozenge?" And the whole class like laughed at me. I was like, "That was." And again, like. As a as a thirty seven year old man, yeah. zero fucks given about that point. But I yeah. definitely played that moment over in my head where I'm like, "What were you thinking?" And yeah. It was so stupid. Like I told you, this was going to be a terrible story. No, but I get it so but, much. But but like but I've I've definitely have thought about that numerous times as an adult. Yeah. Of like, what the fuck were you thinking as eight year old Matt? Yeah. And it's so that's first of all, I need better stories. Second of all, probably do that. Week, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure. But it was one of those things. But it was one of those things where I was like, "Why was that embarrassing? Why were I? What was I? I was trying to like." I guess psychoanalyzed my eight-year-old like yeah. intentions as a as a child, but it was just I I don't know I, I've given way too much thought to something that literally everyone forgot about the next day. <laughs> of course, <laughs> by ten minutes later, yeah, you didn't get made fun of at lunch for that. No, you know, no, like that moment, everyone laughed and it's, everyone moved on except yeah. me apparently. So yeah. yeah, like I said, zero payoff. So terrible story. But I, I I mean like it's little shit like that. It's never like oh my god, I was like. So I'm back. It wasn't. There's no like. I have no like carry story where I was like yeah. in front of a group of people and like some bullshit happened to me where it's like it's like my 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 but life see, is over. But, but that's the thing. Is it that even yeah. that story that you just told me? <laughs> yeah. To me, they're unpacking it is the beauty of it. Like, yeah, yeah. Why did you feel weird? Why do you still think about that? <laughs> I don't know. You know. And that's the don't... thing. Sitting on that for hours. <laughs> it's so stupid. There's comedy there. <laughs> there is. There, there is. There is. There is. It's so is. simple. It's yeah, something yeah. That everyone has a story like that. Yeah. yeah. Where they just did a dumb thing. When, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly just, what I did. Gives a shit. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like how you know? I mean, it's yeah. I don't know. There's like emotion is like such a crazy thing. Yeah. yeah. That when you ever even emotion about something, it's good to go. It's like, well, where is that emotion coming from? Mm-hmm. And there's something there yeah, yeah. that is beautiful mm-hmm. that I you know. I don't know. If that makes sense. I don't know. I'm sure it no, but sense. it's funny because that's something that, like, first of all, that's something I've never told anyone because yeah. the reality situation is it's just a terrible story. It's, it's, terrible. it's I, 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 I'm sure that there's 30 people that listen to this podcast that know me. They're like, oh, why didn't you tell him this story? That was sure. such a better story. Yeah, yeah. But that's something that for some reason, it just every once in a while, will pop in my head. I'm like, yeah, I wonder what I was thinking then. Yeah. And I have no idea why it made such an impression on me. Yeah. I have no idea why, but like, I wasn't like super embarrassed by it, but I was just like, that was the dumbest, that was a dumb thing to do. Can I tell you the dumbest thing I ever did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't please. know why this yeah. story yeah. just popped in my head. Yeah, I was in love with this girl. Oh man, this is—I don't know. Your story's already better than mine. <laughs> 
I was in love with this girl yeah. from first through sixth grade. Okay. I asked her out every year. I went, will you be my girlfriend? And she said no every year. <laughs> Seventh and eighth grade, I learned humility. Stopped asking. Okay. High school became best friends because I was like, well, I just want to be with my best friend. Yeah, yeah. End of high school. Yeah. Uh, some guy was dating her and she was like, breaks up with her, breaks her heart. And she calls me because we're best friends because I was in love with her and I refused to tell yeah, her. Yeah, of course, of course. God. Uh, <laughs> she goes, uh, I just, you know, guys don't ever blah, blah, blah. Good guys don't treat me right. No guys ever like like me. And I just start being like, that's not true. I was like, I know this guy who fucking would die for you. And he, he thinks this. And every time you're around, mm-hmm. it brings him light. Or we were bullshit, yeah, I was yeah. saying. You know, yeah, it was yeah. like, High school bullshit, he knows that yeah. this is how, whatever. And then, you know, and she was like, who? Who thinks that way? And I was like, ah, man, I can't tell you. You know, I promise. And she goes, please tell me who, who yeah, did yeah. it. I go, I can't. We hang up the phone. She calls me right back. And she goes, if you don't tell me. She goes, Greg, if this is you and you don't say anything, nothing will ever happen. And I went, Tom. It was our friend Tom. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I just told I just my friend Tom I was like it was him he's in love with you blah 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 and my and I told my friend Tom I was like I just failed I said you and he was like yeah I would date her and I'm like fuck you dude like I'm in love with this girl and you're just gonna try to I was like oh, oh. but if I have any moment back if I that, could take any moment back I would have just been like yeah it's me I love you yeah. I treat you you're my best friend what do you yeah. want in a guy yeah. you know what I'm saying like I'm way more fun sure I'm you know I got double vision and all this shit but. <laughs> or whatever you know, a fucking you know, whatever the things was, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like you know, you're you're hoping for the '80s John Hughes movie moment where it's like, oh, I love you too. Why yeah. did we, you know, you live and they live happily ever after? But yeah, it doesn't it's, it's, happen. T- taking that leap doesn't happen. Yeah. But also, looking back now, no. she's not even a girl that I would like. She's great. She's cool. Yeah, yeah. but she's not my type. Well, that's also come just from like seeing the rest of the world and yeah. learning more, and you're you know making different connections with other people and wanting different yeah. things. I mean, like, the woman I married is completely different than the woman I dated in high school. Like, you know, because, like, I also, have, like, I also, like, you know, I didn't like drama. Like, yeah, uh, but I have either. friends that love drama. Yeah. Love drama. And I'm like, you know, so, like, it's like, oh, I'm not dating you because you're in high school and you're drama. And, like, yeah. you know, like, I just, I don't like drama, and it's, especially when it comes to relationships and stuff, so like, I don't know. But, uh, dude, I just realized it's been, like, an hour. We've oh. been just, like, talk- Sorry, I feel I like we could- talking. I no, I, I, I feel like we could do it if we could, we could, uh, we could yammer all day, so we're going to have to have you back on the podcast. Oh, and we'll, thanks we'll, for we'll, having we'll, me. Yeah, yeah. Fun. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks to Anthony DeVito for making this happen. <laughs> the love connection happening. So, uh, yeah, Greg Stone, uh, where can people find out more information about you? Uh, you can go to my website, Greg. Okay. Oh, fuck. I think Greg it's gregstone.com or it's gregfstone.com. <laughs> go to my Twitter, gregstone underscore. George Stein. <laughs> George Stove. George Stove. Stove man, George Stone. getting hot. <laughs> um, and if you want to check out my podcast, The Rad Dude Cast, it's me, Brendan Aaron, Anthony DeVito, the very funny, funny guys. Yeah, definitely check that one out, too. Yeah. So uh, thanks for having. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It was yeah, great. Yeah. And that was our interview with Greg Stone. Uh, hopefully uh, everything was learned. Bram, I know you always learn something with these interviews, but uh, it was super pleasant having uh, Greg on the podcast. Uh, he's a super, super small dude, and like one definitely have him back on the podcast again because I feel like we could talk to him for another like, three hours. It sounds like you made a friend. I did. Yeah. Well, we're also kind of the same age, too. We're, we're, we're about the same age, so like he's a super cool dude. So, yeah, so uh, Greg, definitely go follow Greg online. Definitely go look up his work. He's got some great things in the, in the works, and he's actually a really, awesome dude and he's definitely a comic on the rise uh, you can follow us basically anywhere you can type in the laugh button in a, in a web browser uh, social media uh, website pretty much anywhere just basically type in the laugh Instagram. button Instagram we're there Inst- Instagram Pinterest we are on Pinterest but we haven't used it in a while because I was just kidding I know but we've done a, we've done some data diving 
And uh, we just found that Pinterest wasn't our audience, so so that's why we weren't on Pinterest. But if you want to go see some old things that were on Pinterest from many, many, from many years ago, by all means, go do that. But yeah, but so Pinterest yeah. is basically just kind of like a. a a dream journal, sort of. Like it is. It's kind of like it's kind of like my my dream book, my wish book. So, scrapbook. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we're doing a bunch of different contests on the Laugh Button right now. We're running a contest where you can win a meet and greet with Kevin Hart at BookCon in New York City at the end of the month. Uh, you and I, Bram, we will actually be in Los Angeles and San Francisco for Clusterfest. So keep an eye on like on that stuff on the socials and what we're doing for that. We're also running a couple of other contests too. Uh, we, we just wrapped the contest to win Gerard Carmichael's most, most latest stand-up comedy special. We're running some tickets at giveaways for some other things, too. Like, uh, we have uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short, uh, Ricky Gervais, Kevin uh, Kevin James as well. So definitely go to the Laugh Button and check out all of our contests that we're running, too. And, uh, yeah, and then, Bram, people can follow you on uh, Metal Insider, of course. Metal Insider for all your latest news in uh, hard rock and metal. Uh-huh. Uh, it's at Metal Insider everywhere, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, personally, is. if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, I, I, I got some pretty good ones. It's uh, Bram <laughs> Filter. Bramphetamine for Instagram. Kind of like amphetamines and, and spam filter. I'll read my latest tweet. If oh, like no. Here. Okay, okay. Yeah, let's start the segment. Bram reads his latest tweet. Okay. okay what Listen, is I need some followers. All right, what do we got here? Saying. What Hold do we on, got? I got to wait for it to, 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 to boot up. Oh, you didn't, so. you didn't have this like, like preloaded? I didn't have it at the ready, no. You didn't have this at the ready when no, it came no, time no. for the, look, the old Look plugs? at that bird. Look at that bird just hanging out. <laughs> the old Twitter bird. The Twitter bird. So, uh, uh, yeah. yes. Okay, okay, here we go. Hold on, hold on. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, this isn't This isn't worth all the buildup. Oh, okay. Well, then... Sorry. But I will read it. This is the latest tweet from Bram. From Bram, And if you follow this, you'll get this kind of comedy gold. Yes. H.R. Uh, McMaster. Everyone knows who he is. He's the new uh, attorney general person. Yep. All right. H.R. McMaster sounds like a bar that has no craft beer and apps with names like queso bombs and onion straws. <laughs> there you have it. I'm not laughing because it was funny. It's pretty I'm funny. I'm laughing because you were so entertained by this. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> it was pretty uh, funny. Yeah. Like, like for example, I grew up in South Jersey, and there was a bar called P.J. Wellingham. Well, yep. P.J. Wellingham's. Been there. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you're from the same area, South right. Jersey, as I am. So, like, it's like, yeah, that's exactly what that what that is. So, yeah. I think that's where you probably got the joke, I'm assuming. Uh, pretty much, yeah. So, you're basically making a I South think, Jersey geographical uh, joke. There's so many Irish bars named, like... JP McDrink a lot or yeah, TJ Smith's <laughs> TJ Alcoholics. <laughs> I got you, got you. you. Know. So, yeah, cool. So, um, yes. anyway, you were absolutely correct. That was not worth the build up. I told so, you, Bram Filter <laughs> on Twitter, Bram Filter on Twitter, Bram me on Instagram, <laughs> so, metalsider.net, everywhere else. <laughs> Uh, so with that, so with that being said, uh, on, and you can find the laugh button at laughbutton.com and the, and the slash the laugh button. Uh, until next time, he's Bram Tideman. I'm Matt Kleinschmidt. See you later. Bye.